0: Listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I am reading and reflecting on this four volume, over 2,500 page work of the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you'd like to discuss today's readings with others, please go over to the Facebook group, the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. Today is day number 87, and we are reading from volume one, book two. Chapter 23, paragraphs 772 to 778. Chapter 23, an explanation of chapter 31 of the Proverbs of Solomon, to which the Lord referred me regarding the life of the Most Holy Mary in matrimony. 772, as soon as the Princess of Heaven Mary found herself so unexpectedly in the new state of matrimony, She raised her pure soul to the Father of Light, for illumination and direction in the fulfillment of all its obligations, according to his pleasure. In order to give me more insight into her holy thoughts at the time, the Lord referred me to the last chapter of the Proverbs, in which Solomon outlined the virtues of Our Lady in describing the qualities and doings of a valiant woman. Discoursing on this chapter, I will say as much as I can of what I was made to understand regarding her. The chapter begins with the words, Who shall find a valiant woman? The price of her is as of things brought from afar off and from the uttermost coasts. This question is one implying admiration in regard to our great and valiant woman Mary, and a doubt in regard to all other women, when compared with her, for none other as valiant can be found in the whole range of the human and natural existence. All the others are weak and wanting, not one being exempt from tribute to the demon, through the guilt of sin. Who then will find another woman? Not the kings and monarchs, nor the princes of the earth, nor the angels of heaven, nor the divine power itself, will find another, since it had not created another like her. She is the only one without a peeress or one resembling her, who is exalted in dignity according to the measure of his own omnipotence. For he could not have given her more than his own eternal son, consubstantial, equal to him in immensity, uncreated, and infinite. 773. Accordingly, the price of this woman is as something coming from afar, Since upon earth and among creatures there is none like to her. The price of a thing is the value for which a thing is bought or at which it is estimated. Then is its price known, when it is known at what value it is held or esteemed. The price of this valiant woman, Mary, was set in the council of the most blessed Trinity, when God Himself claimed or purchased her for Himself in advance of all the other creatures having received her in real purchase as a sort of return for the creation of the whole human nature. The price and payment which he gave for Mary was the incarnate Word itself, and the Eternal Father, according to our way of speaking, considered himself sufficiently repaid by Mary. For finding this valiant woman in his divine mind, he set such a value on her that he devoted his only son to be at the same time his son and hers, and the son himself took from her human flesh and chose her as mother. Thus, this purchase price, by which the Most High acquired and appropriated her, included his wisdom, goodness, omnipotence, justice, and all other attributes, and all the merits of his son, releasing beforehand the whole human race from debt, so that, if all men were to be lost as Adam had lost himself, he would still have left Mary and her son. Hence, truly, she was estimated at a price so distant that all creation would not be able to reach an estimate and appreciation of it. This is meant by the saying that she came from afar. 7.74 By this term afar are also to be understood the ends of the earth. For God is the last end and the beginning of all creation, from which all things proceed and to which all things return as the stream returns to the sea. Ecclesiastes 1.7. Also, the empyrean heaven is the final material end of the corporeal matter, and it is called in an special way the footstool of the divinity. Isaiah 66.1. Yet, in another sense, the end of natural life and the full perfection of virtue might be called the ends of the earth. For in these is fulfilled the purpose of man's natural existence, being called forth by the Creator for the knowledge and love of God, He himself is the ultimate and most apparent end of life and action. All this is included when the price of Most Holy Mary is said to have come from the farthest ends. Her graces, gifts, and merits came and commenced from the ultimate regions. They began where those of the other saints, the virgins, confessors, martyrs, apostles, and patriarchs ended, they, in all their lives, and all their sanctity, did not arrive at the point where Mary merely commenced. And if Christ, her Son, and our Lord, calls himself the end of the works of Abraham, so it can be said with equal justice that the price of Most Holy Mary is as far from the farthest ends, for all her purity, innocence, and sanctity came from her Most Holy Son as the exemplary, anteceding, and principal cause of her alone. 7.75 the heart of her husband trusteth in her, and he shall have no need of spoils. Proverbs 31.11 It is certain that the heavenly Joseph is called the husband of this valiant woman, as he had legitimately espoused her. And it is also certain that his heart confided in her, believing that account of her incomparable virtues all true blessings would come to him. But especially did he trust in her when he perceived her pregnancy and yet was ignorant of its mysterious origin for them he believed and hoped against hope romans 4:18 all indications being adverse and having no other foundation for his hopeful belief than the holiness of such a spouse and wife and although he resolved to leave her matthew 1, 19 as he saw the outward tokens of pregnancy with his own eyes without the slightest knowledge of the cause yet he never ventured to distrust her, honor, and modesty, nor did he ever diminish in his holy and pure love with which his most upright heart was bound to such a spouse. Nor was he disappointed at anything, nor was he in need of spoils. For if spoils are things that are superfluous, then this man was abundantly supplied with them, as soon as he knew who was his spouse and what belonged to her. 7.76 But this heavenly mistress had another man who confided in her, and to him principally does Solomon refer, and this man was her own son, the true God and man, who confided in this woman to the extent of his own life and honor in the face of all creation. In this confidence was included the greatness of both these, his life and his honor, for neither God could confide more to her, nor could she correspond better, so as to assure him of superabundant return." Oh, what a miracle of the infinite power and wisdom, that God should trust himself to a mere creature and a woman, assuming flesh in her womb and of her very substance, to call her mother with unchangeable confidence, and she to call him son, nurse him at her breast, and have him subject to her commands, that she should be his coedjutrix in the rescue and restoration of the world, the depository of the divinity and the dispensatrix of the infinite treasures of the merits of the Most Holy Son, and of all the merits of his life, his miracles, his preaching, his death, and of all the other mysteries. All this he confided to Most Holy Mary, but our wonder increases when we find that he was not frustrated in his confidence. For we see that a mere creature recognized and could adequately fulfill such a trust without failing in the least point, and in such a manner that she could not act with greater faith, love, prudence, humility, and perfection of all holiness." Her man found himself in no need of spoils, but rich, prosperous, and well-supplied with honor and renown. Therefore, Scripture adds, 777, She will render him good and not evil all the days of her life. That, for which Most Holy Mary makes a return to her man, I understand to be the blessing which Christ, her true Son, rendered unto her, for what she herself rendered is already mentioned, The equity which the Lord observes in remunerating with the greatest blessings and favors even the smallest good deed will enable us to form some idea of those which flowed from the divine power upon our Queen during her life. They commenced from the first instant of her existence, and were showered upon her more abundantly than upon the highest angels as a fitting adjunct of her preservation from original sin. She corresponded with these favors in an adequate manner, and cooperated with them to the utmost limit, and all the deeds of her life were without remissness, negligence, or tardiness. What wonder, then, that only her most holy son was superior to her, and that all the rest of the creatures were left behind, as it were, at an infinite distance? 7.78 She hath sought wool and flax, and hath wrought by the counsel of her hands. A well-beseeming praise, and worthy of a valiant woman, that she should be industrious and diligent within her home, spinning flax and weaving linen for the shelter and comfort of her family, providing these things for the inmates and for others who may be benefited thereby. This is profitable counsel, which is put in practice by hands industrious and not idle. For the idleness of a woman who lives from hand to mouth is a proof of base foolishness and of other vices, which cannot be imputed without shame. In this exterior virtue, which in a married woman is the foundation of good domestic management, most holy Mary was a valiant woman and a worthy example to all the womankind. For she was never idle, but she was diligently engaged in preparing linen and wool for her spouse and for her son, and for many poor, whom she aided by the labor of her hands. Nevertheless, since she joined the most perfect manner, the works of Martha with those of Mary, She was more busy with the counsels of her heart in regard to interior works than in the works of her hand. Preserving the memory of the divine visions and the sayings of the holy scriptures, she was never interiorly at leisure, but continued to utilize and increase the gifts and virtues of her soul. This concludes our reading for today, day number 87. We have been reading from chapter 23 we read paragraphs 772 to 778. When it comes to the sacred scriptures, there are lots of Old Testament verses that come to mind that I think of that refer to the Blessed Mother. We've heard some of those references kind of in the parentheses when Maria Vagrata is quoting them, like the Song of Songs or Ecclesiastes. But here we have a chapter dedicated fully to Proverbs 31. If you haven't read Proverbs 31, Maybe open up your Bible, pause this podcast, and read Proverbs 31. It's a very beautiful passage from the sacred scriptures. And in fact, as a priest, I often will use this at a funeral of a woman, especially if her husband is still alive. In my experience as a pastor, the husband of a wife who died is one that struggles quite a bit. And so this passage from Proverbs 31, when read, it allows them to think of their wife in the role of a homemaker, preparing meals, making clothes, helping her husband. It helps them to think of her as a wife and as a mother. All of these different roles. At the very end of Proverbs 31, it says that her children rise up and praise her at the city gates. And in a sense, that's what happens at a funeral, is that Those who loved that person share the many good things that they've done. And so for the woman of great worth, and we heard that today in our reading that, you know, if Mary is this woman of Proverbs 31, then every other woman pales really in comparison because Mary with the perfection of virtue is able to truly be that woman of great worth. But that's what a woman strives to be then. To live up to this expectation of Proverbs 31. It's a very beautiful passage. And I guess it never even crossed my mind, I'm embarrassed to say, to think about it in relationship to the Blessed Mother. And so I very much am enjoying this chapter and we will continue reading it tomorrow. And... We'll also read it uh, as we conclude this month of March, uh, because chapter 34 also uh, treats the same subject, finishing Proverbs 31 and a reflection on that. So, again, we're getting a lesson here in sacred scripture, looking at a passage of scripture and saying, how does this relate to the Blessed Mother? And Maria Bagrada is our teacher in this case. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the mystical city of God. I'm grateful that you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. May God bless you, and Mary pray for you.